final hour of the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Wee. My name is Reginald Atatula. His name is Chris Arnold. Got you down. We got Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And thank you guys for rolling with us on this Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. All sorts of things to get uh, a hold of. Um, as I think we, we've, we've capped off the night when it comes to active events. Thankfully, right? Well, when it comes to your of local interest lo- of local interest, I know that there's some NBA on right now. Uh, the Lakers Clippers are going at it. But, you know, if you care, Clippers currently lead by 10, 52, 42 in the second quarter. But, you know, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to things of local interest, we have we have completed the day, thankfully. And so we'll be able to recap those over the course of your what headlines. You laughing I'm laughing because for one. I ended the last hour of programming very sadly. Uh, it's what I like to call falling down verbal stairs. It was just, it was painful to listen to it sounded like, and it was definitely, it was it was fairly painful to do. Um, but then from the 682 is during the course of sharing time, I talked about microplastics and you talked about, or you and also uh, the text line brought up uh, the, the floating garbage patch that seems to be uh, out in, or the garbage patches. That yeah. are out there in the various Large, waters man. of the world. Bigger than the state of Texas. And uh, <laughs> from the 682. No context. It's just this. Garbage garbage patch kids. Is that us? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know. Is that is that going to be a rebrand of the candy? Because I would not kids. buy that, well, by the way. You remember the Cabbage Patch Kids? I do remember Cabbage Those Patch dolls. Kids. Uh, what is it you always say? I don't understand what you're trying to say, but I'm going to take it as an insult. Yeah, I'm going to take that as disrespect. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, someone <laughs> said Kings game has local interest. If the Mavs, if they lose, the Mavs move up to seven. Uh, yep. That is fair. That's right. And so I guess I, I will see. I will give you an update as to where the Kings are. Shout out to you, that correction to, from the. They were losing handily to Denver last time I checked. Well, uh, that okay. We'll we'll double check and we'll make sure that that still remains the case. What all definitely remains the case as this game went final, a few like an hour or so ago, the Dallas Mavericks. Win in Toronto on the second night of a back-to-back. They get a victory 136 to 125 mm-hmm. uh, against the 22 and 36 Raptors. It's not a great record, but they had been playing some better basketball of late. Had a nice, nice little win streak coming in. Mavericks get 30, uh, a 30, 16, and 11 triple double from Luka Doncic on Ooh. what is his 25th birthday, February 28th. Um, and he can't be on his parents' insurance policy no more. That's right. I imagine that he's not going to have a hard time paying for insurance, though. He is. Uh, I don't think he's hurting for money in that way um, because of his fantastic basketball skills, which were displayed today. Not only his, Kyrie Irving gave you 29 points, didn't have much of like those other stats, but you know who did show up to play? It was a podium game for P.J. Washington, yes, 23.7 rebounds. Uh, played some decent defense over the course of the game. Tim Hardaway Jr. added in 16. Daniel Gafford added in 13. And a, another thing of note that is worth mentioning, Dante Exum. Welcome back to playing basketball yeah. for the Dallas Mavericks. He plays in this game. I think this might be his first game in 2024. I'm serious. Oh, if not, it's like since because the same day Kyrie came back is when Dante Exum got hurt in the same game. So it's been it's been a minute. Now you got somebody that can handle the ball as well, and people can slide into their roles better. But it just shows the depth of this team now and the versatility of the team that you can get different contributions, more so than just Luca or Kyrie, or just count on just one other person to take up some slack. And like I said, we got some guys who can play some defense around the perimeter and play some defense underneath the basket. 
Notice you haven't said uh, uh, Derek Lively the second's name yet. Yeah, Derek Lively the second. A fairly quiet night. Uh, nine points. A fairly efficient nine points on four four shooting. Twenty three minutes. Uh, five one free five big blocks mm-hmm. though. That's um, where which, I was going with the five blocks. And we've noticed this. Uh, I, at least I have over the last few games. It feels like Derek Lively has slotted into a into a, I think a role that befits a, a, a rookie a little bit better. He is clearly capable of giving you things, but I think Daniel Gafford being on the team has allowed you to play him mm-hmm. a little bit less than he had had to play previously, um, even if he's not in foul trouble. And I think that allows him to come on a little bit better and have more leeway with less of the responsibility and pressure on him. Obviously, they need him to produce and play, but... I just think that it lowers the it lowers the pressure on him individually. Both Gafford and PJ Washington, the size that he adds and the ways that he's able to play. So I think that that is nice. It's um, very nice. In fact, Washington had three blocks as well, and uh, Gafford had four. But here's the key: as a rookie, you usually wind up in foul trouble unless you have a high basketball IQ, unless you have a Tyson Chandler working with you, unless you have, unless you uh, let's see if they had to redraft this thing again. They would say that he's not a, a, a number 11 pick overall, number 12 pick. He's like top five or top three. Yeah, he's Derek been Lively one of the, the four second. best rookies this the, year, absolutely. Where I was going with this is, for everybody who's predicting, oh, he was going to suck because they never saw what he did outside of one season at Duke. Everybody says he's just a rookie. He's going to get in foul trouble. Tonight he had those nine points, five block shots, one foul. One foul. And that's because, guess what? You had some help. P.J. Washington, you had uh, uh, Derek Grafford, I mean uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Gafford, mm-hmm. and you have the IQ. And again, you you don't have to worry about him getting in foul trouble. And I mean limited minutes against a team that doesn't have necessarily Well, that's a why I said of, the two other two guys. You, yeah. get, you limit the minutes. It's just it's no different than saying we got Dante Exum now to limit some of these other guys' minutes. Sure. And that, that might also, like, limiting the need to play maybe like Luke and THJ at the same time, particularly late go. in the game where you saw the Cavs were able to do a little bit of exploiting that matchup mm-hmm. defensively, which allowed them to knock down some shots in some ways, or at least get, get open enough to try some shots that ultimately went down. Your real quick, Texas, real quick before we get out of basketball, because I said the Nuggets were beating down the Kings. Yes, sir. It is one eleven to eighty nine. Yeah, so it looks With like about two minutes left to play. Three minutes to play. So it's 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 very likely. In fact, it's probable that your Mavericks by the end of the night will be in that seven seed. Um, New Orleans also lost to Indiana tonight. Yeah, too. so they, they slid back to tight again with the, the it's Suns. Cl- it's just tight. It is a tight is, Western Conference. We could give you these standings every yeah. night. It'll be a different order. And we will because that's what we do for you. We try and keep you up to date with what is happening mm-hmm. in sports as best as we can. Out in Surprise, Arizona, there was a big sporting event um, that is simply spring training somehow. But still, a lot of attention on it as your Texas Rangers, the World Series champion Texas Rangers, welcomed in the Los Angeles Dodgers of spending a whole bunch of money this offseason fame. And obviously, Shohei Otani went yard yesterday. He played yesterday, so he did not play. But Yoshinobu Yamamoto gets his first taste of MLB life on the field as he pitched against your Rangers. He had a couple of innings of work, three strikeouts. But one man was capable of getting a hit. Off of Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and his name is Evan Carter. Uh, shout out to Evan Carter, who gets a hit in this one. Also, shout out to Cody Bradford, who gets a couple of innings of work himself. He gets a couple of strikeouts, and we got to see a little bit of that reintroduced reintroduced uh, curveball yep. that he's throwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks solid. 
Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we'd like to see that continue to progress, and I imagine that's going to be what he's working on during spring training. Josh Spores had an outing that was maybe not stellar. He gave up a two-run jack. Jake Latz got a little bit of time. I was interested in that. And then Kirby Yates had a very nice inning of work himself, a couple of strikeouts, as did uh, as did Jake Latz, who had a couple of strikeouts in his inning of work as well. So big shouts out to them. I should mention this again. Big news on the evening is the Dallas Stars getting better, particularly in the defensive uh, aspect of the game. They made a trade to bring Chris Tanev, the 34-year-old defenseman, to town as a three-team trade. Saw them give up some various draft picks, especially a couple of future uh, a future third and fourth. I think that's the 2026 mm-hmm. uh, draft to see the defenseman Chris Tanev make his way to help out your Dallas Stars. I believe he'll be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, so this is a little bit of a rental. But Tanev is described as a rugged and fearless, tough defender who excels at playing as a defensive-minded defender. So, you know, those are, you know, going gets tough, willingness to block shots, all those types of things are the types of things that your Stars absolutely needed and that we've seen of late especially. So that should be a really good addition. And from the two before, they mentioned he's a great skater. Yeah, he says great skater, and uh, they say that uh, that Cole Brady is a really good net miner. He's not great, but he's good. And so, so that that adds to the yep, the collection the of guys that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that was super super necessary. So shout out to Jim Neal for fortifying for getting that done and fortifying what it is that you have going with your Dallas Stars. Um, elsewhere around the around sports, the college football playoff. Um, obviously, they just moved to a 12-team model in which you know you get your automatic bids from those major sports, and then you got the our major um, group of five, I guess, is what we are still utilizing. Power but fives. we're gonna have to find, or sorry, power fives rather. We're gonna have In to find six. a different, um, I think, a different parlance at some point. Mm-hmm. But with that being the case, apparently there are models being discussed for further into that that could possibly potentially see a 14-team college football playoff expansion in 2026. Um, And so at least one of those iterations would have something that is being discussed as a 3-3-2-2-1 model, in which you would see basically the big two get an allowance of three players each. The Big Ten and the SEC getting three teams, rather, I said players, three teams into these playoffs, uh, two each for the Big 12 and the ACC, and then one, uh, you know, remaining for the group of five at law, and then you get at large bids. Or sorry, those are the at large bids, and then you get um no, those are the automatics, and then you get at large bids to round out the rest of it. So there, the college football is not nearly yet done with uh, its changing landscape. And you know what? That sounds a lot like to me. Like they're continuing to move closer and closer to the end that I imagine, which is an NFL light. In college football, where you have, they could do. In, in essence, maybe 40 teams that matter in a large way, or maybe 50 teams that matter in a large way that kind of look a lot like the NFL. Um, it's the only logical thing they could do, but before they do all that, they better get that NIL in, in, in order. Yeah. It's the wild, wild west right now. I mean, and it's making coaches leave. Well, there's that, but they're they're also still gonna have to figure they're gonna have to figure out compensation. That's been a a, a of course a chase that's that what I been, meant by that. No, but nil I still I always want to make very clear nil is other people paying the players. Right, but these they gotta schools organize. are going to need. To, yeah. They gotta organize it because you're getting. Way, I, I want the players to get their money. I've never not sure. been getting. A, don't ever think I don't want the players getting 
the money, mm-hmm. but you've got to have it more logical. Even the pros have it logically broken down. I'm not even talking about a salary cap. I'm just talking about saying you can only sign this time of the year or you can't sign. That. I mean, it's got to be some kind of map to, to, to guide this thing because it's just it's out of control. Right. It's a wild, wild west. And the thing that I'm pointing out is just the idea that the NIL is not the schools paying them. It's boosters and other people exactly. raising money. But I, these schools trying to want to be pious about it. These sure, college presidents try, try to look the other way, and it's like who's who's guarding the, the the hen house. The point that I was making is that the the notion of employment, direct employment with these schools, is still soon coming up on the NCAA, and What's so that's going to be something that they're going to have to navigate as well. Something that the Jets decided they are no longer navigating. It makes it seems very clear that their time dealing with Zach Wilson is probably coming to an end soon, as. Joe Douglas, the general manager of the Jets, has given Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade. Where are the MILFs? All right. Okay. I should have known. I should have seen that one coming, and yet somehow I didn't. But, I mean, the writing's been on the wall. They tried to show a of level of support. They definitely went They went out and got acquired uh, Aaron Rodgers as a clear idea that they did not trust him as a starting quarterback. They tried to rally behind him after Aaron Rodgers goes down four plays into the season last year, and then... It just has not looked good. May, what can they maybe get in return is maybe nothing more than maybe a late round pick, maybe not even a guaranteed pick. But they're they're trying to save a little bit of money on their salary cap. If they trade them, they'll save five point four million dollars, which will help them out a little bit. But yeah, that that it looks like that era in in uh, New York is entirely done, and I can't blame them. Is for the that. era an error? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, really, you go back and look at what draft was that again. Um, but if you go back and look at that draft, there was one quarterback. Um, so 2023 was his second year. So 2022? 21? No, I think you might be right. 2021. Um, because, let me see. Let me go back to that draft. Yes, Why that's 2021. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Good quarterback. Yep. Zach Wilson, two. No. Trey Lance, three. I mean, at best, you can give that an incomplete, but pretty much. He's a uh, third quarterback for the Cowboys right now. Justin Fields was drafted at 11. That's where that's, everybody's wondering that's what still, the deal is. Uh, that's the jury's That's out. a little bit. And then the fifth quarterback in that first round was Mac Jones. And that's another one where it's been made very apparent that he he is not going to be the answer in New England. And so with that being the case, it felt like you got the first quarterback or you got question marks at mm-hmm. best. And so, yeah, there you go. Um that 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 is a thing that is happening. I got something else that's happening. Yes, sir. Texas Rangers going to be showing some free foot, some free baseball this spring. Yes, you will be able to see some spring training baseball, and you will definitely be able to see this. I'm not saying the Bally Sports. Uh, in a release earlier today, the Texas Rangers announced that they are partnering with TXA 21 hey. to broadcast four spring training games. So the games will be March 12th against Cleveland, March 19th against Oakland. March 22nd against the Rockies, and March 26th against the Boston Red Sox. That game actually will be at Globe Life Field. Um, mm-hmm. That's two days before opening day. Mm-hmm. And so, with afternoon that being the game. case, uh, I think all of these, in fact, are afternoon games. Most of them are 3.05 Central Time, first pitches. The the final game, which is that, that final game before the uh, season opener on the 28th, that one is a 1.05 first pitch here. And, of course, I mentioned that's at Globe Life Field. But, yeah, this is a huge thing where you'll get Dave Raymond. You'll get some Jared Sandler as well. Mm-hmm. David Murphy, Dave Valley are all in the mix that you will see over the course of these four games. And Bill Jones of CBS Texas, that's uh, Channel 11, 
will serve as the on-field reporter for those games. So there you go. You'll you'll get to see. You'll definitely get to see some Rangers baseball, um, even if you are not able to get some valleys. Here's the deal: they're free, and guess what else is free? The season opener against Chicago on March 28th will be free on ESPN. Yeah, it's ESPN. Well, I mean, assuming that you have cable, because you know. we'll put it like this: over <laughs> the air, it's not a streaming service like where you have to. Oh, I gotta find it. Where can I find this? Right, and I feel like most most people have some level of like cable or access to Believe ESPN. Believe Dallas Fort Worth is the largest cable market in America. In other words, they don't have as much streaming rights in Dallas Fort Worth. They don't have as much uh, satellite. They have cable. Okay. I did not know that. Learn something new every day just to get right, right? You that's sure? What, that's what the total said. They they did say that. They did in, indeed say that. Um, I try to give you an update on college sports from time to time. In this instance, it's women's college sports, Kaylin Clark, who, you know, had become the highest scoring woman in NCAA history. But that's NCAA history. There was other college players out there who had put up big numbers that NCAA had not uh, acknowledged, including Lynette Woodard. Mm-hmm, the who had, greatness. Absolutely. She had played um, at Kansas, but during mm-hmm. when they were in AIAW school and that was in the 80s yeah it was like wait a minute it wasn't in the 1920s well regardless Kaylin Clark has now passed her school record um 3,650 um is where is the the final or the score that Kaylin Clark now has at this point she scored 33 points tonight against uh Minnesota so I mean, she's clearing all sorts of history when it comes to women's college basketball um, as of right now. And, I mean, she I imagine she's going to try and push uh, continually to try and break some men's marks as um, she only has one more regular season game. Um, but she's 17 points behind Pete, Pistol Pete for the NCAA men's all-time leading scorer. Um Oh, sorry, behind Pistol Pete and the men's all-team, all-time leading scorer. Uh, oh, yeah, that is Pistol Pete. And then 411 points behind uh, Francis Mason University player Pearl Moore, who was the AIAW small school leading scorer. And so, yeah, there, look, man, she is breaking all sorts of records. I imagine that 17 points will happen and she'll be the NCAA all-time leading scorer. Mm-hmm. That 411 might be a little tough. Might little be a, be a little tough to achieve. But there you go. Those are some headlines on this evening in the Metroplex. Um, I did I mention the 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 Rangers playing in surprise against the Dodgers, Cody Bradford, all that. I yeah, believe you did. that I did. Okay, just wanted to cover my bases, make sure that we got this thing all covered here on the Get Right, right here on 105 through the Fan, which gives us an opportunity now that you know all hearts are clear, right. All minds are clear. All hearts are, uh, you know, properly situated. Now we have an opportunity to get into some CA Stories Confidential. And where are we going to go? How about one of the craziest boxing matches of all time, Holyfield versus Tyson? I know where that piece of ear that Mike Tyson bit off of Holyfield's head is located right now. Oh. To this day. Next on 105.3 The Fan. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. We got uh, Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And you rolling with us on a Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. Uh, Mavs win. Mm-hmm. Stars win. Or sorry. Uh, well, Stars win by acquiring they won uh, the trade. Chris Tanev. In they a won trade, the trade according to the Stars fans. A defense, they love it. A defenseman to add to what the Stars are doing. 
uh, Rangers win mm-hmm. in surprise against the Dodgers earlier today. Just a full winning effort by all the DFW teams on this evening, or at least all the ones that are in season mm-hmm. at this point, or at least close to in season. Shout out to the Texas Rangers, who are the World Series champions. Uh, right now, though, it's about 1030-ish. I'd like to give a little bit of space for Chris Arnold to get busy with some CA Stories Confidential. Appreciate you, Rich. Appreciate you, Ross. And more importantly, appreciate all the Tolos and listeners. like to hear all these stories from all this long-time career I've been doing all these years. I thank y'all for letting me have an interesting life. And, you know, I'm in uh, three Hall of Fames because I've been doing this so long. Texas Radio Hall of Fame, the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame, the Texas Boxing Hall of Fame. And the Boxing Hall of Fame is because I've covered so many fights over all these years. Sure have. Local, state, national, international. And I've, I've been just ringside at some of the wildest fights you can imagine. And the most wild fight I've ever seen was the Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield fight. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of people's answers for the most wild fight that they've ever seen. And actually, there were two. People forget there were two fights. Yeah. The first one, I mean, before I tell this story, the first time I ever saw Mike Tyson fight was in Fort Worth. Really? He was an amateur trying to go to the Olympics. And it was in Fort Worth. And and believe it or not, Howard Cosell used to call fights and then he stopped he said that just because they're getting cte and stuff like that mm-hmm. not, that brutality of it all and i think in fort worth that might have been the last fight howard cosell ever called but back to mike tyson and evander holyfield that was the second fight that was the one where he bit off holyfield's ear the first fight this is the craziest thing mike tyson had come out of prison don king was his manager and he kept fighting tomato cans and knocking them out in the first round. That's no right. names. And people were like, oh, man, we love Tyson, but we're not getting the bank for the buck. You're not, you're pay-per-view, you, you, you know, that's not worth it. Yeah, there's people, not worth it. There was people that were trying to get themselves settled in for the fight and missed the whole damn fight. Exactly. Let alone, you know, the big celebrities and the big time, uh, big money people going to the fights in Vegas or wherever it's going to be. They're like, wait a minute. I'm not, I just got here. Couldn't even sit down in my seat and Tyson knocked him out. So Don King had to make a business decision. He had to find a name that people would watch Tyson fight. There wasn't a tomato can, and that might take it two or three rounds, but not win. Well, Evander Holyfield had retired. Evander Holyfield retired, and he decided to come out of retirement. He retired early because they said he had like a a detached retina or something. It was Mm -hmm. some kind of something that, you know, didn't hurt him physically. It was just that he couldn't fight no more. He all of a sudden met Benny Hinn, and Benny Hinn laid hands on him and healed him. And he wound up marrying Benny Hinn's assistant. I swear. And Holyfield said, I'm back. And everybody's like, dog, you can't come back like this. And he didn't even, I don't even think he fought anybody. And the first fight he was going to fight was Mike Tyson. Spud Webb is real good friends with Evander Holyfield. I did not realize that. Yes, okay. Atlanta Hawks and Holyfield lives in Atlanta. Fair enough. Big old okay. mansion. Makes sense. They became friends. So Spud gave me Holyfield's phone number. I said, hey, I got to talk to Holyfield about this fight. So I called up Holyfield. And back then, you didn't have cell phones. This was in the mid-90s. You didn't have cell phones. Few people did. So I called his house phone and was talking to his wife on the phone. And she said, I said, he's going to, he said he's going to be on the, he, I talked to him earlier uh, two days ago, he's going to be on the on my show. 
down the dial back in the 90s and he's going to be on a show like tomorrow is he still good to go and she said well i'm sure he will be he's coming home from the gym but he's not here yet and i said well okay this happened give me a call back well could you talk to me on the phone because this is a big old mansion and and i'm scared (laughs) i said don't you have security yeah but they're downstairs i'm just i'd just rather just talk to you till he gets in the house I said, okay, so we're just talking. And at one point, she just mentions, do you know who would be a good manager for him? I was like, he don't have a manager? Wow. She said, no. Can you recommend somebody that we can trust that's preferably not in boxing? Huh. I said, yeah, I know somebody. He represents all the best quarterbacks in the world. He represents my buddy, Troy Aikman. His name is Lee Steinbrenner. Lee Steinbrenner, yeah. So I, I... I hooked her up in Holyfield up with Lee Steinbrenner. Stein, uh, super agent before we really got to all these super agents. Hooked him up. Yeah, I said, yeah. here's somebody that's reputable. You don't have to worry about him stealing uh, Evander's money. Right. Whole nine yards. This is, like I said, so I had him on the show and all that, but like I said, going to this first fight, he didn't have a manager. Steinbrenner was, I mean, Steinberg was not even, Steinberg. Lee Steinberg? Yeah. Yeah. My mind is getting tired, too. I feel you. Lee Steinberg wasn't even his manager at that fight, but she had his phone number. So in that fight, Tyson thinks he's going to beat him, and Holyfield knocks him out. And they're like, whoa, it's shocking and surprising. Well, the Cowboys were playing the 49ers the very next day. That On Saturday night, he fights Holyfield. Holyfield wins. I catch this flight to San Francisco with – I always bring, I always buy caps from the different events instead of t-shirts. You know, people go to a Super Bowl and get yeah. a t-shirt. I was, I always got these caps, so I got a big collection of caps, and I would always bring like three or four to some of the Cowboy players that are good friends of mine, like Nate Newton or Troy or you know Mike Saxon or somebody. Right. So I go to San Francisco for the game. After the game, I tell Troy I was in Vegas for the fight, and here's a cap. And by the way, Steinberg's gonna get it going to get a phone call from Holyfield's wife. Mm-hmm. And then he became Holyfield's manager. Time for the second fight. Second fight's in June the following year. That first fight was like in November. Following year, the second fight's in June. I'm covering the fight in Las Vegas. And this is the fight everybody want to see because it's like, oh, Holyfield got lucky. He just came out of retirement. Tyson's going to knock him the F out. Then there's another group... No, Holyfield knows exactly how to beat Tyson. That's what that punk Tyson gets. (laughs) The one thing about the energy of a fight crowd, especially in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Atlantic City, just those two cities, but especially Vegas. You got a crowd. It's it's, it's an electric atmosphere. It's even more so than like NBA Finals, World Series. Yeah, because they're ready to fight too. Yeah. The (laughs) The crowd is a mix of this. You got a crowd that's a mix of. High rollers, yes, big money, mm-hmm. celebrities, yep, rich athletes, regular Joes, and mafia. I'm not lying. It's a toxic mix. They're pretty liquored up too. Yeah, because these fights in Vegas, yeah, you know, it's usually attached to a casino. This was at the, I want to say this is the MGM Grand. Go to the fight, and the first round, I think it's first round, early in the fight. Holyfield headbutts Tyson. And Tyson looks at the referee, and the referee, Richard Steele, nope, keep fighting. Right. 
And then Holyfield did it again. And that's when Mike Tyson snapped and bit off the top of his ear and spit it out in the ring. And Richard Steele gets both fighters, separates them, sends them to the corner, and they're putting uh, they're putting Vaseline on Holyfield's ear to stop the bleeding. Right. And they're trying to calm Tyson down. And Tyson, Tyson's saying, he headbutted me. He headbutted me. And Richard Steele goes over to Holyfield and says, you want to resume the fight? You can get this fight on a disqualification. And Holyfield said, I want to knock that effer out. <laughs> he bit my ear off. <laughs> I feel like that's a reasonable response. Yeah. Tyson, so, so Steele tells Tyson, don't do anything. Don't any, do, do anything else or you're disqualified. The next thing you do, you know, below the belt, punch, anything, you're disqualified. He said, I'm, let's fight. Keep it on the straight and narrow. So they resumed the fight. And I'm not lying. Holyfield headbutted him again. And Tyson bit the other ear. He didn't bite it all the way off, but he bit it. Yep. And that ended the fight. It was disqualified. And that's when, you know, both sides got jumped in the ring. All the, you know, all the fight people, the handlers. And right. All that. They're going crazy. Tyson's swinging at cops in the ring. They get Holyfield. They take him back to his dressing room. No, they take him to the hospital. They take him to the hospital. They take T- Tyson back to his dressing room. Meanwhile... The crowd's rushing out of the arena. They're rushing into the MGM Grand itself. And because they're rushing, there are people in the MGM Grand think that uh, somebody was shooting. That was the rumor. Somebody was shooting at the fight. So people started diving under the tables. And then some people started stealing the chips. I mean. And security, this, I find this part out later. <laughs> they have tape, you know, the security cameras. Right. High rollers and famous people, athletes too, were stealing these chips. I mean, never let a good crisis just, go on. Uh, uh, we don't want to embarrass you, but we, we don't need the, you to Mr. hand famous that over. Person, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the tape. Yeah. You just need to give those back to us. We know a lot of people are running through the casino and all that, but just, just get the tape. Nothing happens. Just give us the chips back. Okay, so sorry. But back to after the fight ended. Yes, sir. There's supposed to be a press conference. There always is. But not this time. Sure. So I mean, we, we go we go over to Tyson's dressing room because he's the only one there. Holyfield's at the hospital. Exactly. Jim Gray, me, and a couple other people standing around Tyson and asking what the hell happened. And Tyson said, he headbutted me. He messed with my livelihood. That's my family he's messing with. It's a solid Tyson. While this is going on, I kid you not, we finished talking to Tyson. It's only for about two or five minutes at the moment. This security guy, or maybe an usher, that's ringside, he comes over to us and, you know, other boxing people, because we're like right in this little tunnel area. He comes over to us with his hot dog wrapper. And on the hot dog wrapper is Holyfield's ear, the the sliver, because it was still in the ring. Hot dog wrapper. Yes, on the just the hot, you know, the white. Right, hot, right. It was, he said, what can we do with this? <laughs> well, they rushed it to the hospital. They find out later, the doctor said, no, we can do this. This is torn, this is torn cartilage. It's just cartilage. It's yeah. cartilage. We attach it. It's dead cartilage. It, it will not grow. It will not, re, you know, it's not stem yeah, cell. Right. So they <laughs> they didn't reattach it. Holyfield's got a Doberman pincher ear on one side now from Tyson biting it off. Sure. And I'm not making this up. 
Years later, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, covering Ohio State versus Michigan State. Zeke was playing. Zeke Elliott. Mm-hmm. After the game, I go to this sports bar. On the wall in this sports bar is that damn piece of ear. Wow. Is that not crazy? It is. It, it, they must have got it on an auction or something. That, does it look the same? Because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, it, it, it's still it's like. In, it's, it's in glass. Oh, it's like it's, epoxy maybe, yes, or resin or something like that. Like, it's like they got all these like legendary things in this sports bar. Yeah. And that ear is in glass in case like somebody's jersey that got signed. That's wild. In That's, a sports bar. In a like, sports that bar. Feels, I don't know. Okay. And I told Holyfield, this is so funny. Years later, Holyfield comes into town. I've talked to him all the time, off and on. Mm-hmm. He comes into town for a Mavericks game. And Spud happens to be at the Mavericks game. So we all hook up and all that afterwards. And I was telling Holyfield, I said, by the way, about him and Tyson are friends now. They actually, I think they try to come up with a barbecue sauce or something. <laughs> I'm serious. They're friends. Uh, at least they're not enemies. But I told him, I said, you, the, dude, the rest of your ear is in a sports bar in Columbus, Ohio. He said, what? F that. I don't need that. <laughs> so all that's right. the rest of the story. And that's the... One of the craziest fights I ever covered in my life. Yeah. I mean, definitely a crazy fight. I a very crazy oh, by the place. Way, by the way, Lee Steinberg was nice enough to send me a bottle of champagne for hooking him up with Holyfield. Well, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the courteous thing to do. He you put some money in his pocket. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's that's incredible. What a what a unceremonious place for a portion of a somebody's ear to end up. Just a sports bar. We got another Tolo said that Tupac was fighting in the casino too. Not for that fight. He was at another Tyson fight and I was at that Tyson fight. It wasn't that one though. It was another fight, and I was in, I forget which hotel I was staying in, and the next day we find out Tupac got shot out there on the strip. Mm-hmm. Him and Suge Knight, Suge Knight didn't die, but he got shot too. It was a convertible, and a lot of people don't know this, but Tupac at that time was dating Quincy Jones' daughter, and she's famous, and she was there at the hospital with him, and he passed away. Did not realize that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously I realized that he passed away. Did not realize uh, who he was dating. In that I want to say it was Katita Jones. Katita Jones? Rashida. Rashida. Yeah, Rashida. Thank you. It, Rashida it Jones? was Rashida Jones. Okay. Yep. Did not realize that. Was that. His, that was his girlfriend. Okay, there you go. So get right. Right here on 105 through the fan. Always appreciate a little CA Stories Confidential from Chris mm-hmm. Arnold, the three-time Hall of Famer. Uh, let's get right. Coming up next, only time for the final call. We'll see if Ross actually got some house music that'll uh, that'll get it jumping. By special request. That by special request. From the That's totos. right. We'll, we'll we'll see what Ross got coming up next on the fan. To get right right here on 105.3, the fan Reginald Attitude here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. We got Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos. Uh, thank you, sir, and thank you guys for rolling with us on a Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. Been a fun one all the way across. A uh, lot of appreciation and thanks for Vach Lombardi of the volume. Mm-hmm. For Pure joining greatness. us uh, at 720 earlier in the program. Make sure to follow that man at Vach Lombardi on Twitter. And then also make sure you get to his YouTube page. That's where you see a lot of his really good content. He's he's all up on the draft watching tape and all of these things. So he's definitely a name to keep an eye out for as well. Um, fun evening in the Metroplex. Dallas Mavericks get a 136-125 win. Luka Doncic, 30 points, 16 assists, and 11 rebounds on his 25th birthday. 11th 11th triple-double of the season. 
Um, and I'm trying to remember if that he, yes, he is. He is, in fact, the first player in league history to record a 30 point triple double on his birthday. <laughs> it is a, it's a, it's a relatively specific mm-hmm. thing, but I mean, look, it is history in a way. And according to ESPN Stats and Info, he is just the fourth player with 75 points, 20 rebounds, and 30 assists over a two game span in NBA history. He makes history when we don't even know it. He sure does. I mean, and so. But he's not the MVP leading candidate. Not as of right now, but look, the it's MVP out. will ultimately be determined at the end of the season, and exactly. he's continuing to better his case uh, as every every single uh, time they touch the floor, it seems like. They're going to say, what they try to do is they lean on the team's record. How have you improved your team? And people say, well, Jokic was in sixth place uh, the first time he got his MVP. That's true, but he was doing things a big man hadn't done before. At the same time, Luka's record, the Mavericks' record, is going to be the determining factor of his, he's the MVP in the NBA. So there you go. Um, Mavericks get a, a big-time win. They will be back in action on Friday in Boston against the league-leading Boston Celtics and probably facing off against one of the best, if not the best, starting fives in the league, like kind of um, uh-huh. unanimously viewed this way. And so that'll be another particular type of Including test. Including your doppelganger. Uh, Jalen Brown, who Jaylen I've Brown. been told on multiple occasions, I supposedly look like. You you really kind of do. Okay. At the same time, they also got uh, uh, Porzingis. Yeah, Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, they will meet meet up with him. He's fit in very nicely. Very nicely. With and again, what they're doing in Boston. He didn't play this game at the American Airlines Center this year because he was injured. Mm-hmm. But that's the only knock on him is he's injured with a small nick, whatever it is. You just don't know. And I love the guy. He's a great player. He just you just don't know when he's going to be available. Yeah, but th- this one felt like it fell fell more into the more typical NBA player sometimes yeah. catch a bruise or something here mm-hmm. and there as opposed to what felt like it happened more often when he was in Dallas, but I mean regardless. Oh, also part of the load management thing with you know players who it's not always the players that decide not sometimes the trainers tell them, "No, you, we're not going to play because we think something might happen later." Yeah. And I know that Kristaps kind of had a decent amount of that himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned that, you know, you had your Mavs getting a, a good win. You had a very good addition for the Dallas Stars. I mentioned that. Um, they add, uh, they get Chris Tanev, 34-year-old, 34-year-old defenseman um, from the Calgary Flames in a three, um, three-team trade. It was it was necessary. You had recent injuries to Yanni Hockenpah and Niles Lundqvist, um, or Nils Lundqvist, um, and so you needed those. You need that defense, defensive help. And Logan Stankoven has come up and he's been nice, but you've had him. You have Maverick Broke and um, Leon Bichelle. I hope I said those names correctly. I probably didn't. Um, that are young guys that you you would imagine that with that level of um, of need that a team would try and pry. None of those guys leave your Dallas Stars. They're, Jim Nill They're probably intact. does maybe one of the best deals of his career, which says something as he is very good at making these deals happen. He brings in uh, a, a very highly sought-after defenseman, in fact, one that I think the Athletic had ranked as the number two player on the trade board, right? So, like, the second mm-hmm. best get that you could find in a way. Um, he was in high demand, effective shutdown defender. Would you say he's a? Would you say he's a, a seasoned enforcer? Uh, I don't know age? that I have enough to be able to say that, but he is. I mean, he's he's supposedly a very, like I mentioned, uh, effective shutdown defender. 
and that's necessary. It's going to be very necessary for these Dallas Stars. So big shouts out to Jim Nill and the Dallas Stars for adding uh, a very important position to what they were doing, and you get that. Uh, you might have noticed the music going on in the background, as you, as you might hear, is I will often um, I'll often thank our producer for being on ones and twos, and that is kind of parlance about DJs using their turntables, the, the two turntables that they utilize. Ross is taking that to a different level as he is getting into what is very like a, I don't know, um... It's it's very electronic dance. It's not it's not in that same kind of house vibe that I was particularly called thinking. Russ, no. explain this. You you playing the music? Who is it? Uh, so this right here, uh, this is Dead Mouse. This is Ghost and stuff. This oh, is a classic. Oh yeah, Dead Mouse. Um, also we've got uh, Daft Punk because need of I expl- say more? The late great Daft Punk. Um, Rip. They're no they're not dead. They're just no longer together. Well, okay. they blew up in the desert. I saw the video. They're dead. Oh. <laughs> and then um, some Galantis, just, just because you they, know that's what the video bangs. was. They ended it. Okay. If let me know what you think. Uh, rate Ross's performance in this final call. You can always do that by texting into the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. You should always keep it locked right here on 105.3 Fan. Actually, I got a little more time, so I don't need to. I don't need to get to my wrap up just yet. Um, I guess I also mentioned that your Texas Rangers have been in action out in surprise. They get a win against the uh the, against the Dodgers. Los Angeles Dodgers. Big it was a crowd, big, big crowd, man. Absolutely. A lot and of media too. Yes. Worldwide. Yeah, a lot of media and obviously the worldwide aspect of it was in part because Yoshinobu Yamamoto gets his first MLB action, obviously spring training, but still, like you get to see him and he looks pretty good. Like he has a he has a funky kind of motion in a way that it seems like he's always working out of the stretch as opposed to the windup, even if there's no one on base. But, I mean, watching him throw those pitches, man, he's, he's got some he real— Somebody he didn't surprise, though. He, would, he didn't fool this one guy. No. Uh, Evan Carter. Boom! Gets a hit. The only hit that's been uh, notched on Yoshinobu Yamamoto thus far. In, in America. In America, that's right. <laughs> uh, I imagine that that will not stay that way forever. I, I It's a bold claim, I'm, I know. But— um. Fantastic stuff there. We also got to see uh, Kirby Yates had a nice outing, a couple of strikes, strikeouts in his one inning of work. And Cody Bradford, mm-hmm. solid outing himself. Josh Spore is a guy that I think we're all fairly sold on, had a little bit of a rough go of it in his uh, inning of work. But, again, I think you're, you're comfortable with what you've got there and all things uh, in that situation. Not so bad for late February. You'll want to keep it locked here to 105 through mm-hmm. the fans. KNC Masterpiece and G-Mag Nation continue to broadcast from out in surprise. And keep it locked for uh, for Sean and RJ at 5.30 a.m. Until tomorrow at 7 p.m. It's been real. Y'all be easy. Peace.